welcome independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, shadow citizens. Shadow Citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh. Well, all right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm Rachel L. McIntosh. I'm the host of Shadow Citizen. And tonight, I think it's safe to say we really hit the jackpot with our guest, Anne Louise Gittleman. Um, Anne Louise is an award-winning New York Times best-selling author of 30 books on health and nutrition, including diet and detox, women's health, men's health, perimenopause, menopause, beauty, and the environment. She's a Columbia University graduate. Gettleman has been recognized as one of the top 10 nutritionists in the country by Self Magazine, and she has received the American Medical Writers Association Award for Excellence and the Humanitarian Award for from the Cancer Control Society. The book we're going to talk with her tonight is about, it's actually called Zapped, and it's about the effects of omnipresent electromagnetic pollution and how it affects our biology. In the book, Anne Louise gives clear and practical advice on how to minimize it, our exposure and risk. And I'm really, truly excited in what she's going to share with us. Anne Louise, thank you for being here on Shadow Citizen. Thanks, and it's so, so much a pleasure to be with you tonight on Shadow Citizen. Oh, great. Now, I just gave a really short, brief synopsis about the book Zapped, and that's why I reached out to you. This book, I think, is really important for people to hear about. So can you tell, elaborate more on this book? What is it about? Well, Zapped is a book that I wrote in 2010, and it's all about electropollution. It's all about those smartphones, smart meters, cordless phones and tablets, and even baby monitors that surround us 24-7 in a sea of invisible energy. So I write, Rachel, about the biologically active yet very disruptive man-made radiation that all of these gadgets emit that I find is a major stressor to the autoimmune nervous system and much, much more. Now, most of us can't touch this type of non-ionizing radiation, nor can we see it, but it's there and our bodies are responding to it like an environmental assault. And and I'm going to tell you something right off the bat, which I'm uh, acutely aware of, and that is that the topic is admittedly very controversial, mm-hmm. as I know you know, and that's because they're very high stakes. We have a trillion-dollar telecom industry, and we also know that the exposure levels of this radio frequency radiation or microwave radiation are at least a 1,000 times lower than current standards that have been proven to be detrimental in terms of their biological effects. And so many individuals are being diagnosed today with what I like to call electro-hypersensitivity because they're being zapped. And they exhibit all kinds of strange and seemingly unrelated symptoms. People will be complaining about facial flushing, erratic sleep, especially when there's a smart meter that has been attached to the home or a workplace, sometimes burning skin, sometimes arrhythmia, funny different rashes, chronic fatigue, anxiety, ear ringing, even infertility. 
So all of this, I believe, is due to the the sea of electronic pollution that we're all surrounded with 24-7, and I think that sensitivity to this type of radiation is one of the underlying health problems of our century, but nobody is recognizing it because we are so, so attached to our gadgets. So the whole book is about what you can do to live safely and soundly with the electropollution that is making our lives so very convenient. And I think the other thing for people to understand right from the get-go is that most of the studies that we read about in terms of whether it's, it's completely safe are not independent studies. They're actually cell phone funded. And mm-hmm. all the studies, and that's such a biggie as I'm sure you know, so we, we now know that there's just a growing number of non-industry funded science. There's scientists and they're independent scientists. They're from universities all around the globe. And they're very concerned about long-term exposure to this low-level microwave or cell phone radiation. And as you also know, this radiation was considered to be a possible carcinogen several years ago. So what it turns out is that this type of radiation, which does not burn, it's not thermal, but has biological effects, really makes our DNA exquisitely sensitive. And so whether or not, again, I have to emphasize that, you're feeling it or seeing it, it's affecting you. And apparently the radiation, based on some of the independent studies, will even impact your entire functioning, particularly circulation. So if you're carrying a wireless device in your pocket or your backpack while the device is turned on, this is why so many individuals are finding themselves uh, infertile, unable to give birth anymore, or immunosuppressed. So I think it's the hidden epidemic of our century. Wow. Okay, so that's I'm glad you're here to talk about this because there's so much confusion about this. There's people that are trying to stop the cell, not the cell phone, but the Wi-Fi stuff in the public schools, and they're bumping into a lot of resistance. But in some communities, people are, are accepting it, and they're shutting off the cell phone, or not the cell phones. I keep saying that. That's the other problem, too, is that the cell phone technology and the Wi-Fi technology, they kind of get mixed together, and we can talk about that. So, well, well, they're they're both kind of part and parcel in in terms yeah. of what what the, what the layman needs to know. But the fact being is that you're surrounded by this twenty four seven. You can't go anywhere in this day and time where there isn't some sort of electromagnetic field that you're being exposed to. I mean, all kinds of wireless systems, whether it's a security system or whether it's a smart meter or whether it's somebody that's got their smartphone on twenty four seven. So when it comes to the school system. I really very much believe that the Wi-Fi in schools is a very bad idea, and that's because schools are now using very high-powered transmitters that are designed to go through cement walls and reach out into larger campuses, and there might be dozens or hundreds of these devices communicating with the transmitter, and the RF exposure, the radio frequency exposure from these devices is an additional important consideration and just as important as the Wi-Fi itself. So you don't want kids to become so uh, enmeshed in Wi-Fi that there's not a place where their system can just be at rest because when you're exposed to this type of non-ionizing radiation, your body thinks that it's under attack. You start emitting what we call heat shock proteins, heat shock proteins, say it twice, heat shock proteins, about 20 of them. 
to be exact, and your body then starts secreting cortisol. So it's a cortisol attack really on the adrenals. If you don't have a strong stress system and the ability to fight or flight properly, this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and it's the reason that I think that so many people are becoming so hypersensitive. I mean, there's even a psychiatrist that now recommends that children with psychiatric problems start treatment by simply going on an electronic fast. And this is very interesting to me because we see that there's so many kids that are distracted, they're hyperactive, they can't focus, they're anxious, they may have cardiac irregularities, and a lot of this is because of technological overuse. Some years ago, Newsweek, and I think it was 2012, had a front-page cover that said, I crazy, panic, depression, psychoses how connection addiction is rewiring our brains. Okay. How, speaking of this, how do we help people that are going through this? I know a lot of people that have kids that are addicted to their cell phones or their Kindles. or the, And the kids, because they're kids, they don't know that it's doing this to them, but they feel horrible or the parents start taking them to the doctor to get them on some sort of high-powered drug. And yeah. how how would you handle this it's 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 tough I mean, I mean i go through this with members of my own family i can say it's very tough and i and i really can understand that i think what's important is that you have to establish ground rules and rules for using the phone and so mm-hmm. most of it and this is not true you know you know it's not just the kids that are addicted oh yeah you're right <laughs> into a restaurant people are busy looking at their phones they're not talking to one another there's there's not the kind of civility that one would expect, you know, when you're in a restaurant or some sort of social atmosphere. But everybody's busy checking their emails and, and seeing what's what's trending and so forth. So, so I think what this ha- you just have to establish very strong boundaries within yourself and and the understanding that there's a certain time of the day that you check your emails, that you correspond with people, and the rest of the time you put your phone on airplane mode. That way you're not picking up a a signal, and that's what I tell everybody to do, and that's not just for the kids. So you have it on airplane mode most of the time, and then you check as much as you can, and you have to be in an atmosphere at night, which is very, very calming to the nervous system. You've got to be able to escape the 24-7 sea of invisible electropollution, and that's why making sure that your bedroom whether it's your child's bedroom or your bedroom, is safe from the blue lights, is safe from any computer where you're unplugging all the electrical devices, and you can even shut off the electricity to the room and get the best sleep ever. It's, I, I agree with you on that. Now, um, my question is for people that have Wi-Fi in their house, would it be a good idea to shut off the router? You just disable the Wi-Fi at night. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. All right. And then you yeah, can put I mean, it on in the morning. You know, you, you, and yeah. That way you, you can sleep. You've got to be real. <laughs> yeah. You just have to be real, and you have to be practical. You know. And, and when we're talking about this, we we of course have to just dive right into solutions. And I'm happy to do that. But what I tell everybody that's completely Wi-Fi is that it, as much as you can be wired, be corded in the house. But if you can't, then you simply disable the router. I mean, when we have done this and people's heads are against the wall, for example, of their bedrooms, and on the other side of the wall there's a huge computer which is on or the router is on or something, it can affect the brain, it can affect the nervous system, it can affect your inability to become quiet and calm, it can affect your your ability to sleep. 
you want to disable that before you go to bed. That, I think, is crucial so you have at least eight hours to unwind and to replenish and regenerate your system. Okay. Yeah, you're right. We're jumping right into solutions, but what would happen if we didn't do this? I know that you're saying it's dangerous. What sort of danger could you get? Like, you're talking cancer. Are you talking, what are we talking about? Well, you know, I wrote my book in 2010, and what we're finding from the Bioinitiative Report of 2012 is that there are many serious diseases like Alzheimer's, like breast cancer, like brain cancer and ALS, which has been linked now to extensive exposure from wireless and electronic devices. So just check the Bioinitiative Report which initially came out in 2009, and it was updated in 2012 with at least 2,000 more studies. So there are profound physiological effects from frequent, prolonged, and cumulative, cumulative use. And, I, and I, I have to emphasize that. It's not just a once-in-a-while use. It's frequent, prolonged, and cumulative use from electromagnetic exposure. And that includes from that exposure, extensive free radical damage. It's the production of what I mentioned previously, those stress or heat shock proteins. There's a marked depletion of melatonin so that you're not sleeping. Your sleep-wake cycles are disrupted. You've got elevated intracellular calcium. You've got inflammation, and you become very disorganized in your ability to learn and remember. So all of this is well-documented in the Bioinitiative Report. Don't take it from me. You can go to the research. Okay, so is there a website that has that bioinitiative? I think report? If, you, if you Google bioinitiative report of 2012, I think that comes right up. Okay, all right, great. I'll actually look it up and I'll put the link on our website for people to click on and check it out. Oh, now, of I course, think that's so, that's so important. As well as, if I may, just jump in here. Yeah, go ahead. Go dementia. ahead. I mean, because the new condition, you know, we talked about kids, and kids are really where the the concern comes into play. I think that kids should be aware that there's a, a new condition which is emerging. It's called digital dementia, and it's from the overuse of all of these radio frequency emitting technologies. And that's because if, if you have continual, frequent, prolonged, and cumulative effect of all these, because you've got a cell phone on your head or in some place or in your, uh, exposed to your body, then what can happen is the DNA actually breaks and it creates leaks in the blood-brain barrier. So all of that is very important. So they're very high stakes in terms of continual use of this. So now we're, we're considering at this point in time that the classification of this possible carcinogen should be probable. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually shaking as you're telling me about this because I know so many people affected with things like MS. When you said the blood-brain barrier, of course, that brings MS to mind. Um, MS, course, a, MS, ALS, they're finding other, there could be a connection somewhere along the line in terms of Parkinson's. The point being is that this, I think, Rachel, quite frankly, is just the straw that breaks the camel's back, is that your body has so many of these assaults, whether it's a virus, a bacteria, a heavy metal, and this acts in just the same way. The cells shut down, and you're not able to detoxify properly. You've got these heat shock proteins, so it's just adding the straw that breaks the camel's back. Okay, so you said to detox. Is this, could we do something with our diet to help us with this problem? 
Yeah, you sure can, and that's one of the reasons I wrote this wonderful book called Zapped. Yes, there, you've got to eat to beat electropollution, and there's an awful lot you can do in terms of your diet, and you've got to just fortify yourself to make yourself an invincible fortress. So there are many nutrients that come and play in, at this point. There's zap-proof superfoods and seasonings, whether that be cruciferous veggies or cumin or mushrooms or even coffee because of caffeic acid. So a lot of things, you know, you'll find in your cupboard right now, there's nothing necessarily esoteric, but you have to make sure that you're incorporating these these for essential EMF protection. Even the, the spiced rosemary, believe it or not, is very effective against radiation. And then there's this, an essential oil called Jero that is also very helpful. There's lots that you can do, but you have to understand that there's a problem to begin with and then fortify yourself accordingly. Mm-hmm. Now, recently I had somebody on the show um, who made organ. Are you familiar with this organ stuff? It's it's like a... um. It's like metal, like scraps of metal mixed in with some sort of resin. And he was telling us how it helps change the energy. It doesn't change the actual Wi-Fi stuff, but it changes the energy in the house to help you, your body deal with this. I don't, are you familiar with this at all? No, Maybe but not. in order no. for this, let, let me just tell you something. Yeah, There's a lot ahead. out there in this day and age. There are pendants, there are special stones, there are special decals, there's special jewelry. In order for, for it to really work, you have to have the right machinery and the right meters to be able to measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what I can say is there, there are lots of things, but the thing that we know that nobody can really uh, find fault with is if your diet is as optimal as possible with the highest amount of antioxidants in the foods, the superfoods, the seasoning, then that's probably your best defense. And I must also say that when we talk about all this, although it's becoming much more mainstream today, this is still an area where scientists are not completely aligned, and and a lot of it is because it's such a trillion-dollar telecommunications industry, but they're still not completely aligned on both sides of the fence on the dangers of the EMFs. And and Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, and and it's important to really understand that before you go, you know, all out. I wrote the book from the perspective that I had a problem from my cell phone. I actually had a non it was a benign, so it was a non-cancerous parotid gland tumor, which my surgeon at the time, this was 2005, couldn't figure out. I mean, why would I be getting a, a tumor on my parotid? Well, it turns out that on the very side of my head where my little tumor decided to blossom is where I was living with my cell phone. So I mm-hmm. was an overuser way back then. I was on tour. I was on the road. I had to talk to pro- producers, my, my people, the journalists, so on, so on and so forth. So my point being is if I hadn't had that little tumor, I I never would have gotten really so involved in this whole situation. But what we know now is that EMFs, electromagnetic radiation, can be linked to neurological, to cardiac, to respiratory, immunological, and even dermatological uh, disorders. And so I think that's very important when you can't figure out the ideology or the underlying cause of what's going on with you with any autoimmune disease that one of the first things you do is you do a clean sweep of the digital devices in your environment and in your lifestyle. And that's what the book Zap provides. This, I, I highly recommend people go check out this book. Um, 
Now, are there some things that are more dangerous than others? Like, for instance, say I have a laptop. Is this more dangerous than a phone? Or is a phone more dangerous than... According to the according to the experts, interestingly enough, uh, that one of the most highly emitting devices of all <clears throat> is a uh, a mobile phone, not a cell phone, but a mobile phone. Okay. Well, what's the be, difference? What's the difference well, between a mobile? That, well, that's because it's constantly always picking up and, and emitting a signal, and so oh. the mobile phone or the deck D E D. ECT phones where you're holding it directly against your head are dangerous. And that's because most of the time you're also putting that near your head so it's near your brain, which is an electromagnetic uh, organ. So that's one of the most dangerous things that we know of because we find that there's an increased incidence of brain tumors in terms of individuals that have been using their cell phones for a long period of time. So we've got that issue going on. So what's most dangerous is when you're putting it near your head. Now, thank God in this day and age, most people text. Very few people, as opposed to texting, are using their phones, at least near their heads. So so using the phone near your head and not keeping it at least two inches away is probably the most dangerous thing. And, Mm. And... However, if you've got an elderly person that has a mobile phone, I would take away the mobile phone and get them rewired. I would get an old-fashioned corded phone, and I'm talking to you now on a corded phone. Okay. Well, that says something right there. And that was one of my questions was when you that you first became aware of this when you, you shared with us your story of this tumor you got. Um, what was the very first thing you did in, in your life? Uh, well, I didn't know what to do. And so I started doing some research, and I found that individuals that were finding benign and non-benign uh, parotid gland tumors had an, an enormous uh, dependency on their cell phones. So oh. what I did is I got a, I, I, I you know, I, I, I tried to with, withdraw my uh, addiction, <laughs> or I mm-hmm. tried to. I, I tried to get rid of that cell phone as much as I could, which which I found to be impossible. I was absolutely addicted, but I did get a corded phone, and it was a deck phone, which actually was emitting even more radiation directly into my head. <laughs> That's horrible. So I mean, I I didn't know, and when when I had a building biologist come to the house to check everything out because I had decided to do a book by that time, we found in the very room where my deck phone was, the DECT phone. Uh, that there was this loud emission and there was some sort of uh, non-ionizing radiation coming from somewhere and we had no idea where it was until we uh, we kind of unplugged the phone and, and lo and behold, that's what happened. I made a lot of mistakes along the way, I might as well tell you. It, it wasn't easy because there was nothing out there to kind of guide us in terms of what people should do. And now the issue is not so much the phones because we're texting, which is better but we've got issues now with smart meters that are being put on everybody's home and sometimes on their places of business and their workplaces and so forth. So I mean we're just we're just bombarded. It's just amazing to me that we survive as well as we do. Wow. Okay. Now if let's put it this way, if you go to somebody and start talking about this, for instance, I did today, I was in a Starbucks, which had the Wi-Fi flying around and everybody had their cell phones out. Um, And I was telling them I was going to interview you. And they said, that's crazy talk, because that's just people that want to 
you know, they're afraid of new technology and so much of our businesses are have to deal with this and we, we just have to deal with it. He could, I don't want you to fall down this rabbit hole. And I said, no, it's not, it's not creepy. It's just dealing with the reality of it. But how would you, how would you help people understand what you're afraid of instead of them thinking that you're a crazy person? No, they think you're fear mongering. Yeah. Um, I, I know because, um, I've, I've been on the front lines of health and nutrition and now this for many, many years. Well, well, here's the reality. It's a very inconvenient truth. And you know, I get it because I was addicted. I still am, I guess, to some degree. But what you have to do is you have to learn to live healthfully with the gadgets that you can't live without. And that's fair enough for anybody. So I'm not telling you to get rid of it. I'm telling you how to use it more safely. Just the way you have to use any other device. And, you know, we went through the same thing, I think, with cigarettes, with asbestos, with lead, with tanning beds. I mean, at first, everybody said, oh, that's crazy. And then they began realizing, no, that's really truth. And they saw the science. And there's really good science. We've got over 250 documented sources that are peer-reviewed in ZAPs that people can look at, as well as that bioinitiative report, which is loaded with uh, at least 2,000 independent studies. So here's the reality. If you're using a phone, if you want to just pop right into that and plunge right into that, I mean, I'm happy to do that. So if you have a phone, and I have one, I have a smartphone, then you want to make sure that you have some sort of protective case. What I don't do is I don't store it in my bra or in my backpack or on my person. So it's in my car or it's in a briefcase. So that's number one. And then number two, I have a protective case. And if you look on annlouise.com, A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E, you'll see two companies that I link to that have protective cases, and I can't remember one of their names, so I'm not giving you their direct links at this point, but they're two companies that my team has investigated and researched that have FCC-documented protective phone covers. So that's what you do, number one. And then you make sure, as I mentioned to you before, that in your your space at night when you have to rest, regenerate, relax, that there's no EMF of any sort that's coming through the bedroom as much as you can because you want to regenerate and get as much healthy melatonin that will regenerate your system and protect you against degenerative disease. I mean, it's darn simple. So that's the kind of thing that you need to do. But to just say that this is, you know, because it's inconvenient that there's no truth to it is really faulty reasoning. Okay. That, all right. Here's my next question. How do you monitor the EMFs? Is there like a special tool? I remember somebody had a thing called an electrosmog meter, and I thought that sounded kind of crazy, like ghostbustery. But what is, how can you tell where these, where it's coming from? Or when you said find out if the room is safe, how could you how could you assess that? Well, I give you an easy to w- way to do that with just an old-fashioned transistor radio and zapped, but I can tell you that there are gadgets on the market from lessemf.com that you can find, and there are meters. But to really understand what's coming from the big towers that surround us every day and in, in every way, 24-7, you need somebody that has a very sensitive meter that can actually, that can actually measure what's happening. Now, since I wrote the book, Rachel, and I needed to really be very, very, um, how shall we say this? I had to be very scientific with everything that I did. I had a building biologist who came, and it's an organization that I highly recommend, Building Biology. I think they'll have to look it up online, buildingbiology.net perhaps. 
and I got somebody who is credentialed to be able to check out the house for all kinds of environmental issues, EMFs being one of them. And they came to the house, measured everything, and lo and behold, there was an enormous amount of non-ionizing electromagnetic field that was being felt with a meter that was being registered in my bedroom upstairs, the one that was con- that I sleep in, <laughs> in my main, the main bedroom. Mm-hmm. And what we had to do to protect me from this huge tower, and the tower overlooks um, a big river here. We live on the river, and, I, and, the, and water, of course, is a conductive, conductive um, element. So I don't know whether that had anything to do with it, but in order to get those readings to normal, what, what, they just, what they told me to do was to get a particular kind of material that can block the EMFs, and I now have curtains that block the EMFs coming in from the windows. I used to sleep in a, uh, on a canopy, but I found it got too dusty. It wasn't practical. So we now have these lovely little curtains that are made from a Swiss cotton from, from Canada, I believe, and it's the kind of thing that you can get at less EMF. So there are ways of blocking. There are all kinds of films that you can put on windows, and I now have EMF blocking curtains are the things that you need to do. So if you're really heavy duty, you get a building biologist. They're all over the country. People can get one in their area. They'll come and they'll EMF proof your house. And sometimes if you've got real health issues and you've done everything else right, Rachel, sometimes it could be the router that could be coming from a neighbor's apartment. It could be the smart meter or it could be your own phone. Okay. Wow. All right. And I can't believe this curtains. I never even thought about that. What, how would that help when some of this stuff can go right through the walls, you said? Because they have a blocking agent. They have a silver type of thread, which is a blocking agent. There's also oh. a paint. There's a carbon blocking paint or an EMF blocking paint made from carbon. We painted my upstairs bedroom. First it was black, which is the carbon blocking paint, and then we repainted it the regular color. There are all kinds of things you can do, and I and I talk about all that so people don't have to take notes wildly, but I talked about that in Zapped. And if you're truly sick and if you've had an issue or somebody, God forbid, has an autoimmune disease, you've got to do everything. You, you have to almost become radical with these things and just, you know, zap-proof your home and your lifestyle. Wow. I'm... I... I'm like shaking as you're talking. All of this stuff is fantastically interesting to me because of a lot of different health issues going on in this house. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to take out all of the Wi-Fi in this house and put the landlines in and everything. And I, I think you convinced me that I just got to do that. Oh, I mean, some people don't have a choice. You yeah. really don't have a choice. The thing that concerns me is that there's so many homes and there's so many businesses and there's so many workplaces that now have the smart meters, and that's really creating all kinds of issues for people. So that why is a, that? Because it's why is it because it's worse? a constant pulsating that's, that's happening oh. every couple of seconds. So it's constant, and there there are lots of ethical and moral issues involved with that. And people can certainly you know Google it or go to a website where they can you know, try to figure out what to do. But what I can tell you in reference to it, that I have received lots of calls, lots of emails because of all the smart meters that people are exposed to. So, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's, it's the, the question is that you're not going to stop technology. I get that. I understand that. I wasn't born yesterday. I truly, truly get that. 
but what you have to learn to do is learn to protect yourself. And that's what's important. And that's really what the book is, is basically all about. And certainly the foods that people can eat, the way in which you hold your phone, where you store your phone, and then, you know, d- disabling a router at night. I mean, anybody can do that. That's nothing. Now, we talked about the cell phone, and then we're talking about the wireless stuff. The cell phone is an object, and the wireless is a wave. And I, I'm getting – I've interviewed a bunch of different people on this topic, and it seems like people are getting confused – me personally, I am too now – about G 5G cell phone and 5G wireless. Are they the same thing that – I don't think they are. Are they? Well, I don't know if 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 it, if it much matters. I, I think that what we're looking at here with 5G is something for all of us to be concerned about, and that is that you know we're planning to have this 5G rollout. I think that uh, T-Mobile announced that um, I don't know if it was beginning in 2019, but that they're going to have a 2020 full nationwide coverage. So they're going to start rolling everything out in 2019, maybe before then, and by 2020, there's going to be a full... So, I mean, it's right around the corner, and that's just going to expose us to these stronger transmissions. I mean, you don't have to understand the technology to understand you're going to be living under much stronger transmissions, and that this kind of accelerating technology really makes a greater threat to all living things. You know, it's it's also felt, just so that you understand, that all the problems we're having with the bees and the collapses of the bees and the hives may be due to all the EMFs that the bees are now exposed to with the cell phone towers. So, I mean, this is not just affecting, it's not just affecting us, but the birds and the bees and, and any living being. So this colony collapse disorder in bees may really have something to do with our you know, our love for cell phones. So I think it's very unfortunate that the bees are losing their orientation and navigation mechanisms. And all that's been really well documented. So nothing that we're saying, you know, is esoteric fringe science. You can find it there. We're just connecting the dots for people that don't want to believe the obvious and that there's a big pink elephant sitting and standing and dancing in the middle of the room. Yeah, and I'm glad you're talking about this and you got yourself on all these really mainstream places to talk about this this is amazing to me i'm looking at the logos right now we got good morning america newsweek the new york times self magazine 17 cnn time glamour the view vogue the Oprah well, we've, magazine. we've been on there this is this is not my first book uh this is yeah, no, later this is one of my later books so my point being is that that we've been picked up by many mainstream media who wanted to poo poo this and discredit the information because they have they have major uh you know yeah, advertisers <laughs> so and and so it it wasn't easy but i but i think what everybody needs to know is that this is going to be a situation that's going to impact everybody uh everybody with disruption of brain function your dna and and, and there are all kinds of videos online. I mean, you can take a look at what Marty Blank has put online, and he will show how the DNA becomes disrupted with the cell phone, cell phone radiation. And you, you just need to just start reading things and be more conscious and conscientious. It's very hard for these later generations. I'm a boomer. But, you know, you talk to a millennial, and they have no concept, you know, that there was life before their cell phone. And the <laughs> cell phone is like an appendage of their bodies. But the reality is that we don't have adequate safety guidelines, and everybody has to understand that. I mean, most of the guidelines, and this is another issue to really 
drive home is that the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, you know, they're the ones that issue the guidelines for radio frequency radiation, and they're very outdated and antiquated, and they were reviewed in the mid-1990s, and they need another review. So um, when, when the first guidelines were, de- I guess, when they were developed way back when, the, guide- the guidelines really didn't take into consideration a whole society which would be blanketed in wireless radiation. You know, where people use a cell phone sometimes against their head near their brain for hours on hours during the day so they have constant Wi-Fi exposure. And that's just now the norm. It's, it's, it's not the, the abnormal thing, but it's the norm. So what my understanding is about the development of the cell phone is that they were initially developed just for limited military and industry purposes. But what the developers were not cognizant of was the long-term effects of chronic radiation exposure. And that's really where we are now. It's not what you're doing once in a while, but it's what, it's what you're doing every day that's really the issue here. So now all of these activists that I, that I hear from on a regular basis, they're calling on the FCC to do a new review regarding their exposure guidelines. And, and they find that if they just look at the findings of, of studies like those that were analyzed for the bio-initiative report that I keep talking about, then they'll see that we need to lower our, our, our um, emissions and lower our, um, our exposures because there's really a problem. And, and we're a little slow with this. There are other governments that have begun to mandate Reform. I mean, there are places in Germany, in Finland, in Russia, in the United Kingdom, in, in Israel, who's really, really one of the leaders in terms of all this, and they've taken measures to protect kids from electromagnetic risk. And in some parts of India, cell phone towers are prohibited near schools. So they're much more ahead of the game than we are. And, and even the French um, have adopted a new bill to limit exposure to EMFs by wireless technologies. So, quite frankly, um, we're behind the eight ball when it comes to all of this. Okay. Now, you said you mentioned the countries, and you said there's, you're hearing from activists. Are there online support groups or in real life support groups? <laughs> we're talking about there are, stuff. and one of the best yeah. support groups is there's a Facebook book, there's a Facebook um, group, and let me see, it's Campaign for Radiation Free Schools. Campaign for Radiation-Free Schools, and it's not just for the kids. Campaign for Radiation-Free Schools, it's on Facebook. I just want to make sure that that's the right name. Yes, people need to check that out because they'll understand that it's, and it's, it's not just about your child's classroom that needs to be electromagnetically clean, but it's the whole environment. And it was created by this health advocate who's a personal friend of mine, Camilla Reese, who became sick. She's an MBA, brilliant gal that became sick you know, because of the EMS and living in an apartment and so forth. And she posts regularly about all the latest news. So that would be really, really important for people to do. Uh, and the other thing for all of us to remember is that many years ago, uh, and I think it was about uh, maybe two years ago, there were over 200 scientists from 39 countries that really appealed to the United Nations and they called for real leadership on the concerns raised by the widespread use of electromagnetic fields. So, 
you know, there's this concerted effort to make people well aware of the well-documented biological and health risks that we're presently undertaking. So you, you got to keep keep abreast, understand that we've got issues going on. Join that Facebook group that I just told you about. Read the bioinitiative report. Look into a smart meter protective device, maybe from less EMF. That's the store I use because you can get shielding devices, shielding fabric like I bought, maybe the shielding paint, maybe printer antennas, portable phone stations, all kinds of things you'll get at less EMF. And that's what people need to be aware of. Okay. All right. This is all good stuff. Thank you so much for being on this show. We've got a few more minutes. Um, now, getting back to this 5G thing, there's 11 cities that already are rolling out the 5G through their whole city. And what happens if you're in that city and you start feeling weird or you feel bad or how, I guess this deals with politics. You got to go deal with the corporation and the government or how do you deal with this? Well, you join, I mean, one of the, you join one of these activist groups. You join the American Civil Liberties Union, so they'll refer you a lawyer in your area that can help you file a specific complaint. And you have to see as much as you can that, that the area that you're living in is as free as possible from as much uh, exposure as possible. And, and then I wish you a lot of luck <laughs> in, in doing all of that because people are so unaware that these things, because they're invisible, it really have a, such a detrimental biological effect. But that's why we're bringing this to people's attention. We're putting out into their awareness. And if they take a look at some of those detrimental effects in Zapped and they go on to any of these sites, especially campaign for radiation-free schools, I think they're even... Uh, there are ways in which you can t- contact some of these individuals so that you can file a complaint if you think you're being bombarded or get yourself a, a, a building biologist to come to the home who can measure what you're being exposed to and just make make sure that uh, that whomever you're involved with with your ACLU.org complaint understands that this is an issue regarding your health. Wow. Okay. I mean, and, and because you're just going to be exposed to a, a significant more more technology, which is basically untested. See, what people don't understand is so much of this is untested because initially all this technology was not designed to be used on such a consistent basis. And so we right. have to, we've got to get to those old guidelines and we've got to really look at what, what was passed in 1994 by our good friend, the other president who is... Um, Bill Clinton, and, and it's really made it very impossible for anybody to even to even make any kind of complaint against the cell phone tower so you can see the, the problems that we have. And I think that people just don't realize that there's such a thing as secondhand radiation. It's just like secondhand smoke. So, oh, secondhand radiation? Okay, yeah. Okay, well, it should be avoided, well, especially if you're trying to conceive or if you're pregnant. So you need to stand at least 15 to 20 feet away from somebody talking on a cell phone or texting to avoid secondhand cell radiation. Oh, my God. Really? There you go. One more thing to make you concerned about. Yeah. Wow. It's it's very true. So, uh, Well, maybe that's why the levels of conception have been falling in the United States. Well, I think it has everything to do with where people are storing their cell phones. A lot of men have it in their back pockets, which isn't too, too 
good a situation. No, they're, they're, and that's been well documented. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you have to protect yourself from Wi-Fi and cell phone toxicity. You can do that through food. You can do that through just cutting back on exposure as much as you can. And I think if people take a look at Zapped and they follow the program that I designed and tell you ways that you can electronically feng shui every room in your house, you'll be in a good place. I mean, this is not a fear-mongering book. It's a book that's really realistic. It's down to earth. We're telling you to eat food, for heaven's sakes, to kind of strengthen your immune system. I mean, what's going to be bad about that, for God's sakes? <laughs> I love that. Electronically feng shui your house. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds just about right, right? Well, that's um, what you do. You move things away so that they're not impacting you. You can go to the bathroom. You go into the bedroom. You go into the kitchen. You go into every room of the house, the garage, and uh, you check out your equipment throughout the house. I mean, that's why we're being zapped, you know, and it's continual and it's, you, there's, it's nonstop unless you have, make sure that there's a safe room and you make that safe room your bedroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Now, say somebody is going into the Starbucks. Is there anything they can do in that moment to make them shield them? Is there anything they can carry with them to shield them if, if they're sensitive to this? You know, I wish there was. There's a lot that's promoted on the market. I haven't seen that it really works. Um, I'm checking something out right now from a place called, I can't even remember, something that was sent to me by one of the very gracious gals because of the research that I'm doing. And I don't know if I actually feel a difference, and I don't know how I'd have to be able to measure its efficacy. So I mm-hmm. don't know if they're real body shields. But one thing I will tell you is that metal reflects radiation. So okay. what you do want to do is to de-metal yourself as much as possible. If you've got metal fillings, have them replaced with a non-toxic material. Okay. That's number one. Don't wear a lot of metal jewelry, number two, around certain meridian points, acupuncture points, particular zones that are sensitive. So that might be your neck. It might be your belt buckle. That would be important. And I think that's the most important thing you can do. Now, years ago when I was coming of age and studying all this, I had a uh, a teacher that was very concerned about the ionizing radiation that you get from nuclear plants because she worked with the original scientists on on the bomb. Uh, she told us to wear white because it reflected radiation, but I don't know if that's true with the non-ionizing radiation. So perhaps wearing the color white might help. Okay. Now, can you tell us a little more about non-ionizing and ionizing radiation? I know this isn't your the exact specialty of well, you have to understand. I mean, I'm I'm not a an engineer. I'm not a nuclear scientist. But what I can tell you is that. The, the, the real issue here is that the non-ionizing radiation that comes from your cell phones, that comes from your iPads, that comes from the smart meters, is not like your CAT scans and your x-rays that are ionizing, which actually have a thermal activity and burn you. Oh, okay. so, just, so just because it doesn't burn and have a thermal activity to it does not, not mean that it's, that it's completely innocuous. Okay. That's, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, I'm, I, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm literally overwhelmed. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of blabbering about here, but what I'm ta- what you were talking about is so important. It really well, is. It's, and very, really- it's very important. And if you find that you go into a store because of the security systems, the lighting, or the wireless communications, you become confused, and you become <gasps> headachy and nauseous and weak, and you've got problems with your vision. 
and especially buzzing in the ears, that's a real sign of electromagnetic sensitivity, which I developed on the net within the past two years. Um, you're sensitive. Um, if you have this feeling of numbness and facial flushing that that I started our discussion with, then that may be a sign. It may be a sign of some other things too, but if you've exhausted all those other routes, there's a good possibility that this may be affecting you. And then there's the compact fluorescent lights, which are those energy-efficient light bulbs, and that can create skin problems, arthritic pains, fatigue, and dizziness. So you've oh got to know that the I have to I have to tell you the story while you're saying that about those light bulbs. I have to tell everybody this story. I went through this period and I had moved into a new house and uh, the I had rented a house and the landlord came in and he changed all the light bulbs to those energy saving light bulbs, you know, the swirly type. Oh. And they were all they were all different, different designs. They weren't just the same type of design. They were all different designs. And the very next day, I literally felt like I was going crazy. It got to the point where I called my mother and I said, Mom, something's going on and I think I need help. And she said, well, what's going on? I said, I, I feel like I'm literally going crazy and I, it's kind of scary. And she said, well, what's different? You've been doing like you're healthy and you're doing really well and what's going on? She, I said, well, they just came the other day and changed all the light bulbs. She goes, that's it. Let's get rid of the light bulbs. She brought mm -hmm. in the ladder. She changed every light bulb in that place. And the very next day after that, I was back to normal. Mm -hmm. And that's and it sounds crazy when you tell people that, but when you just said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that happened to me. Wow, it's very, it's very common. All of this is common, and there are almost symptoms of radio wave sickness that we knew about in the fifties, but then we now call electrohypersensitivity. And and it's all over the place, whether it's an enlarged thyroid or whether it's ringing in your ears, whether it's deteriorating fillings, whether it's hair loss or it's pain in your teeth, immune abnormalities. I mean, the point being is that I think a a, a greater amount of the population is starting to have these electro-hypersensitivity symptoms. Doctors aren't aware of this, so they're not diagnosing it. But if you think about it, you're just surrounded with both wired and wireless radio waves in the outdoors. You've got the cell phone antennas the pagers, the two-way radios, the Wi-Fi antennas, indoors the cordless telephones and their base units, and maybe the wireless child monitors and the utility smart meters, and then their vehicles. You know, you've got the spark, spark plugs, you've got the radar units, you've got the electric trans, uh, the electric trains and the subways. You've got all kinds of things that we're surrounded with, and our bodies are electrical. They're not just biochemical, they're electrical. That's why there's so much heart problems in this day and time. So all I can say is you've got to eat properly, you've got to fortify yourself, get more magnesium because that can protect the cells from decalcifying to some degree. Make sure you take your essential fatty acids that I've written about for ages. And read my book. You have to go get say, the book. Everybody's got to get this book, it sounds like. I, I, I'm sold. I, I mean, I'm sold on now the, it. And remember, the book was written in 2010, but everything I said then in terms of the protective devices is very up-to-date and very current. Everybody's just getting on the bandwagon seven years seven years later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, we've got, I don't know, maybe seven minutes or something. Is there anything else that we basically covered the complete thing here, but is there anything else that people should know about other about um, I'm thinking could they we've got three minutes any 
told us what we have a producer just said three minutes um we've got campaign for reduction of free what what was it campaign for radiation free schools on facebook yeah everybody needs to join everybody needs to join and and the idea here is that and what i think people understand is that there are possible health effects of cell phones and it depends upon the longevity of your use is what's important. Just I want to leave people with that and, of course, how they can protect themselves, which they'll find in the book Zapped. But beyond that is that there's a simple truth, and it's that talking or even texting on your trusty cell phone, it uses the same kind of radio frequency radiation that you're going to find in your everyday microwave. So theoretically, when you're talking, On your cell phone, you're putting your head in a microwave oven. You wouldn't want to do that, now would you? No, of course not. You wouldn't want to do that. That's not a smart thing to do. And so you just have to be cautious. You have to use your cell phones, you know, with with reverence. And then you have to unplug as much as you can. And maybe one full day, consider that your Sabbath, where you don't use any electrical or digital uh, devices. And Louise, can people contact you personally? How can they contact me personally? Well, they can, they can, here's what they can do. They can email Allie at AnnLouise.com if they need personal consultations. If they say, here, I need 15 minutes of your time. We do set up personal consultations. That they can do. They can find me on Facebook where I'm frequently posting about these things that come to light. They can view AnnLouise.com in terms of my site, A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E. They'll see on the partners page some of those partners that have the wonderful cell phone covers and they can also did we talk about following me on facebook they can do that too there are lots of things that they can do because whenever i find something new that really i think has legs and has science and evidence behind it i like to share it with everybody because we're all in this together it's electromagnetic soup 24 7 unrelenting and it's just going to get more and more so we have to live with it. We have to try to be healthy and thrive. That's what really the message is, thriving and being healthy in those gadgets that we can't live without. Anne Louise, thank you so much. This has been just an eye-opener, and I really hope our audience is getting a lot out of this, and I hope they pick up the book Zapped. And I hate to sound like I'm doing a big commercial for you, but I can't, I can't express enough how I think this is really important for people to know about. Thank you, Anne Louise. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, right on. Now, my guest just got off the line with me. And for everybody else that's listening, I want you to know I love you and I'll be with you next week. Thanks, guys.